الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولا تستوي الحسنه ولا السيئه ادفع بالتي هي احسن فاذا الذي بينك وبينه عداوه كانه ولي حميم صدق الله العظيم مؤسسه العلماء الكرام brothers and elders our quest our aspiration our effort in all the various amal that we do is to earn the pleasure of allah taala allah taala must become pleased this is the thing that underlines everything whether a person is performing his salah whether he is doing his business whether he is interacting with his family whether he is doing anything in dunya from morning to evening whatever he does this is the primary focus of a mu'min's life in everything that he does allah taala should be pleased with him and if allah taala becomes pleased with him then he's got everything then the entire purpose of life has been attained and if allah taala is displeased then no matter what a person has apparently achieved all that is of no use the end result will be destruction allah taala protect us and save us so this is the primary aspect that the person in everything he does his concern and his effort is that allah taala must be pleased so aisha siddiqa radhiyallahu ta'ala anha once hazrat muawiya radhiyallahu ta'ala anhu wrote to her while he was the he governor he wrote to her that give me some advice so she replied and the reply was very short the reply was just two lines first she wrote is man talaba ridan nasi man talaba ridallahi bi sakhatin nas kafahu allahu maunatan nas that the person who seeks the pleasure of allah taala but in the process incurs the displeasure of people often the case that a person who is trying to do something to please allah taala there are others who are displeased and now how many people is a person going to please at one time in terms of insan he cannot please all insan also at one time he pleases one person the other person becomes displeased he tries to please that person then the third person is displeased now he is trying to please everybody so as a result everybody becomes displeased so this will never work for him so rather he tries to please one allah and he tries to please one allah taala is man talaba ridallahi bi sakhatin nas but in the process sometimes he incurs the displeasure of people 
then Allah Ta'ala will take care of the displeasure of the people. In other words, one is that either they would then come to realize that you know, what this person is doing is the right thing. And they would not only realize it, they would acknowledge it and they'll come to respect it also. And on the other side, man talaba ridan nasi bisakhatillah. The person who tries to earn the pleasure of people, but now in order to earn the pleasure of people, they want him to conform to the norms of society which are totally violating the commands of Allah Ta'ala. So now he is trying to please everyone. So as a result, وَكَّلَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّاسِ Allah Ta'ala hands him over to the people. Meaning that his matter is then with the people. Now with the people, people are of, there's no two people that think alike. Everybody doesn't have the same likes and dislikes. Everybody doesn't have the same mindset. Everybody thinks in their own way. So he can never please everyone. So as a result, he displeased Allah Ta'ala also. And he can never make the people happy also. So he lost out everywhere. Lost out in dunya and akhirat. Because he'll never get through that. So the simple thing is, that he turns his attention and focus towards pleasing Allah Ta'ala alone. And when he pleases Allah Ta'ala alone, Allah Ta'ala will turn the hearts of people also towards him. So in any case, this is the goal of a mu'min in everything. He is always concerned that what am I going to do, what am I going to say, how am I going to conduct myself, how am I going to react to something, is it going to be according to the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. This insan has many emotions. These things are natural in this human being. And this is what deen is all about, that to maintain these emotions within its limits, in moderation. There are feelings, emotions, needs that this insan has, which are part of his nature. But as long as he maintains these within the limits that Allah has set out, and in moderation, then it will become a source of great benefit for him in dunya also, and in akhirat as well. And as soon as he starts going beyond the limits, beyond the limits of deen, beyond the limits of shariat, beyond the limits of moderation also. It will become harmful for him in dunya also. It can become harmful for him in akhirat as well. For example, insan has a need to eat and drink. This human need, every insan has to eat, he has to drink. But now there are certain limits Allah Ta'ala has placed. Certain things are halal. And apart from that, then it's haram. Then within the limits of halal also, there's a certain degree of moderation in everything. So now he's eating, but within the limits. So whatever Na'mat Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with, he's enjoying it also. Alhamdulillah, he's making shukar upon it. And he's keeping to the extent of moderation as well. This is not just something that he is now going to fulfill his need. This becomes a source of great benefit for him. One is physical nourishment, that is obvious. But apart from that, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, "At-ta'imu shakir kasaim is sabir." Or, "Kama qalan Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam." The person who eats 
and is grateful. In other words, it's not month of Ramadan, it's day outside Ramadan. He is not fasting. He has had his breakfast and he had his lunch and everything, whatever else. But he's keeping within these limits. He's keeping what is halal. He's keeping to the extent of moderation. So he's benefiting physically. And then he's making shukar upon this. These na'mas Allah Ta'ala has blessed him. He is like that person who was fasting and is patient. That reward that that person who, while keeping that fast, exercise that sabr, this person while eating was getting that reward on that shukar also. So that not only was a means of benefit for him in dunya, it became a means of great benefit for the akhirat as well. That he's getting the reward of a person fasting. But what was the main aspect that he kept himself within the limits of Shariat and Deen? He didn't transgress that. And then within that also, there's a degree of moderation. If he keeps overeating, that's going to harm him physically. And that makes this person spiritually lethargic also. Overeating and making food the object of life. Some people, or most people have to eat to live. Sometimes it becomes opposite. Sometimes a person lives so that he may eat. That becomes object of life. So, the point here is that this is a human need, but when that human need was kept within the limits, it became beneficial for dunya and akhirat. Allah Ta'ala has created a human need in every insan. After a person reaches a certain age, he has a need to get married. This is a natural need Allah Ta'ala has created in this human being. That is an inclination to the opposite gender. But now he maintains this within the limits of what is halal. He confines this to the avenue of nikah. The Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that when a husband returns home and now he enters the home and he looks at his wife with love. And the wife looks at the husband with love. Allah Ta'ala looks at both of them with rahmat. Can we imagine that here this person, this is his natural human inclination. But because this was now brought in the context of nikah, this became a means of gaining the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala. Once the Beast Lasm explained to the Sahaba Ikram that in every good a person gets rewarded. And then Nabi Islam mentioned that a person, he fulfills his human need with his spouse, in that too he will get rewarded. The Sahaba were astounded that this is, he's fulfilling his desire, what reward, why should he be rewarded on this? Nabi Islam asked them a simple question that had he channeled this in haram, would he not be punished? Would he not be, have been sinful? Yes, he would have been sin, sinful. So he's being rewarded for having refrained from haram. And having confined himself to what Allah Ta'ala has made halal for him. But now again, this natural human need that Allah Ta'ala has created in him, when he kept it within the limits that Allah Ta'ala has set out for him, that not only became a means of benefit for dunya, that it becomes a means of his contentment, of his peace of mind, of his happiness, 
but it became a means of even earning the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala and the reward of the akhirat. This is deen. Deen is so simple. Deen is so simple that there isn't any need that Allah Ta'ala has placed in this insan, but Allah Ta'ala has also placed a halal avenue for the fulfillment of that need. And likewise, there are these emotions which are part of human nature. And in particular what we briefly wish to discuss is this emotion of anger. This is something which is discussed over and over again. And this is like something which, like a person breathes over and over again the whole day. Nobody ever feels strange about it that yesterday you were breathing, today you were breathing. Nobody feels that way about it. Because he knows how essential it is to breathe. If he stops breathing, similarly to discuss this topic of anger has become like breathing now. That as a result of this anger, what kind of situations come about, whereas this is part of human nature. Anger is part of human nature. But if it is maintained within those boundaries that Deen has placed for us, then this is something even useful. But, as soon as it starts overstepping that mark, then this can become one of the worst things that can happen. to state, that Islah ka pehla qadam, the first step of Islah, if a person is trying to make his Islah, he wants to gain this inner self-rectification, he wants to sort out all the maladies of the heart, he wants to get himself cleansed from within. So now there are so many things inside insan, there are so many things that lurk in this human being, so many problems that are deep down within us, now from all these various things, Tani Rahmatullahi, who is now an expert of a very high level, and who has seen the ups and downs, who has treated maybe thousands of people through all the phases and brought them to the kind of situation that, that a person is now cleansed of the maladies of the heart. Now he is bringing this conclusion or this, this analysis and this prescription that the first step towards attaining this Islam is not that this is the end of it, this is a, only the start of it. But if this hasn't been attained, it's very difficult to get anywhere else. So it's like a person trying to climb the roof, but he doesn't want to step up the ladder. So now he'll have to get the first step first. And when the first step will be achieved, then the rest will start becoming easier. And now a person who's seen all the ins and outs of things, He's saying, Islah ka pehla qadam. The first step of achieving Islah. Gaining control over anger. Now, every other day, and sometimes every other day too, might be putting it very mildly. It's like every day thing. That where uncontrolled anger has caused such a situation, where the damage that resulted out of that uncontrolled anger in that one moment what happened, or that one minute or one hour sometimes, what happened might take one decade to fix up again. So this aspect of controlling anger, this too is a human emotion. This is inborn. It's something that is involuntary. But there is a need for it. What is the need for it? 
that if a person, for example, Allah forbid, somebody is attacked, so now he's going to defend himself, what makes him defend himself? It is this emotion of anger. This emotion of anger makes him defend himself. If there was no anger at all in this insan, then he wouldn't take any step to defend himself. So there is a need for it. It's part of human natural defense system. This is the object of it, the purpose of it, that he will defend himself. Just as he will defend his physical self, this is the same emotion that will help him to defend his deen. Otherwise, if this emotion is totally lost, it doesn't exist, then no matter what happens to his deen also, it won't affect him. This is lost completely. It doesn't, affect, doesn't matter to him, Nauzubillah. And he'll just let pass it off, pass anything off. Allah forbid he'll laugh at it. Whereas in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man ahabba lillah wa abghada lillah faqad istakmal al-iman. The person who loves someone for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And he expresses anger for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, not for his personal self, not to give vent to his own emotions. In the Hadith, in, in the Umar his statement is reported that Manittaqillah Lam Yashfi Ghadabah The one who fears Allah Ta'ala, who has taqwa then he won't give vent to his anger, meaning personal anger he'll never give vent to. Because in the case of personal anger it takes it takes a, just a brief moment to just cross the line. person might be, he might be entitled up to a point, to a point he might be within his rights to express that anger, but it takes very little to cross the line. And because he is afraid of crossing that line, he doesn't want to cross that line. So he will be very cautious, he won't give vent to it at all for his personal self. He'll be very cautious. So there is certain limits where he's given the leeway, where he has been harmed. So within that, to the extent that he has been harmed, he's got the right. But in the same ayat Allah Ta'ala says, in sabartum That if you want to exact revenge, then to the extent that you have been harmed only, not beyond that. But immediately Allah Ta'ala says, if you have sabr, that is better for you. So Hazrat Umar Adilano is saying that man manittaqillalam yashfi ghadaba. He won't vent his anger. Man khafallah and the person who fears Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, then such a person, he will lam yaf'al ma yurid. It won't be that whatever he just desires, he just does it. Anything and everything that comes in his mind, he does it. Wherever he wants to go, he just goes. Because something came in his mind, he must go. Everybody is going to a certain place, he must be there. What goes on there doesn't matter, he must be there. Sounding very exciting, he can't get left out. Whatever he wants to eat, he'll just eat. Whether it's permissible to eat, impermissible, whether it's doubtful, doesn't matter to him. Anything that comes to his mind, if a person has fear of Allah Ta'ala, then he won't conduct himself in this manner. Then he will be cautious. And then the last thing he says, that had they not been Qiyamat, had they not been the day of judgment, then things would have been very different to what you see. 
In other words, to some extent, that a person still just holds himself back because of the fear that this akhirat is coming. I have to give an account on the day of Qiyamat. Had that not been there, then there would be just wholesale zulm. And there would be all kinds of evil perpetrated without any restriction. So this aspect of anger is something that is an extremely important thing to learn to bring this anger under control. All these things are learned. Al-ilmu bit-ta'allum wal-hilmu bit-ta'allum is a hadith of Nabi Wasallam that knowledge comes by learning it. A person wants to acquire knowledge. He doesn't just decide tomorrow I want to acquire knowledge so it's just going to happen. He'll have to take admission somewhere. He'll have to go and sit in front of those stars. He'll have to now go and spend that time. He'll have to make the sacrifice. He'll have to undertake whatever comes along with it, all the challenges that come in the way. And then after a good amount of years will pass, at some stage he'll acquire some drops of knowledge. At some stage he will acquire maybe just the moisture. Otherwise the ocean of knowledge, that is a very, very far away thing still. But it won't happen with just thinking about it. So just as knowledge comes by learning it, by taking, making the effort to acquire it, Al-hilmu bit-tahallum. Hilm, this tolerance, comes from tahallum, by training oneself to acquire it. Person wants to become physically strong, doesn't happen just by wishing it. I see the person is gymming morning, afternoon, every second day, every day, and people become gym fanatics, and person just cannot skip that gym for anything. Why? Because of that physical strength he wants. So likewise, this helm comes by a person forcing himself to acquire it. What is this helm? That a person keeps suppressing that anger initially with a lot of pressure upon himself. And no matter what is being done to incite him, once the one slave of Abu Zarr he came to him and with him was one sheep belonging to Abu Zarr and the leg of that sheep was broken. So now it's obvious now this one leg is broken. So they asked him who broke this leg, how this broke. So the slave replies and says that I broke it. Now he's a slave, he's talking to the master now. And he's saying to him, I broke it. And then he's saying, I broke it deliberately. And I broke it so that you'll get angry at me. And now when you'll get angry, then you're going to hit me. When you hit me, now you'll overstep the mark somewhere. Because now in that anger, you'll overstep the mark. And then you'll become sinful. That's what I want. Can you imagine? What is he saying? He's saying that I did this deliberately. And I know that this will be the outcome then. That you're going to get angry, then you will hit me, and you'll overstep the mark in that obviously, and as a result you'll become sinful. Abu Zarr replies to him that I will anger the one that incited you to try and anger me. And how I'll anger him? He says, Go, you free. Now that in that time, a slave being freed was like in our context, just to understand it. Like a person, maybe he gave his one, one business away or something. That was his investment. That slave was his, his 
slave used to be the means of his earning. That slave will work, he'll earn, he'll bring the money. So he like gave away all business. You see, shaitan actually was the one that incited you. That you should come and do all this, you'll create this facade, create this fitna. So I will now anger shaitan by not venting my anger in any way, but rather by freeing you. Now he's making ihsan in return. Now this is the practical expression of this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited at the beginning. وَلَا تَسْتَوِ الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةِ إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي That return, whatever happened, with something better. He freed him. So this is the aspect to now learn. But now this carries on for a while. That a person forces himself to adopt that patience. This is sabr. And this sabr is so highly rewarded. And this is the requirement at that time. That a person now engages his mind in this way. That I am provoked now. Or I am feeling very hurt. Or very angered. But in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that there is no gulf that is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than that anger which a person has gulped down. Now this is a form of expression. In Arabic also it's used as swallowing anger. In Urdu also the same expression is used. Ghussa pina. That's how it's expressed in Urdu also. And in English also it's said similarly. Swallow the anger. So that is the expression that is being used. That just as a person gulps something else down, he drinks something. There is nothing more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than that anger that he gulps down. Now, in other words, the person gulped that anger down, he became beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Because if what he is gulping down is beloved to Allah Ta'ala, he is the one taking that pain. So he becomes beloved to Allah Ta'ala. Can we imagine on that one gulp of anger, now this was the whole object. Okay, earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. And that person earns the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, who Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. Now, in that moment, he got that opportunity to gulp that anger, that situation which was negative, he turned it into his positive. How? By gulping that anger. He gulped it down, he suppressed it, he swallowed it. He earned the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. He became the beloved of Allah Ta'ala in that moment. Now, he engaged his mind correctly. A person says sometimes that I learned all these things now. I learned I must recite Tawuz. I learned I must read Durud Sharif. I learned I must engage my mind. I learned whatever else had to be learned. But I remembered it all after the damage was done. When the anger came, then I forgot everything. So the thing is, that this is the same issue comes back. To the training oneself. It was a wish that I learned it, so everything must happen. No, a person learned that you do this exercise, then this will be, this muscle will be strengthened, then you do that exercise, this muscle will be strengthened, and you do this exercise, then you'll be able to run eventually so fast and so on. So he learned all the details about the various exercises, and then he closed the book. So now he's just going to suddenly be able to run at that speed, he's going to be able to pick up those weights. No, he has to now start it, starts practicing on it. And after training for a while, and practicing, and practicing, now that strength will build up. So now likewise, the person learned about, well, what are the harms of anger, and what are the things that result from it? And what kind of problems it brings about? It's that same anger that brings about the problems in dunya also. And it destroys the person's akhirat as well. 
is the same anger. Now, this is the aspect that for us to ponder on what we mentioned as a Tanvi Rahmatullahi statement that the first step to Islam, the first step to Islam bringing anger under control, this doesn't seem to tie up. There's so many things that are so serious and this is the first step. Yes, this is the first step. If one considers that there are so many serious maladies that stem out of this anger. Malice is anger which didn't get vented. One is a person could vent that anger, so he vented it. So somebody is, he could vent his anger upon, so he took it off his chest, so to say. And now he felt, well, I, I sorted it out. But now sometimes he can't sort it out. He has to just keep quiet. Not because he is choosing to keep quiet, but because he has no choice but to keep quiet. It's not that he wants to keep quiet. He wants to say a lot of things and do a lot of things. But now he realizes that it won't work here for me. So now he just, out of no other choice, he keeps quiet. But what happens as a result? This keeps boiling within himself. And slowly that starts turning into malice. And then that malice starts growing within him. He is now waiting for opportunities of trying to harm this person. If he can't get the opportunity, he says, wishing some harm comes. He says, hoping something happens to him. And he hears something happened, he is rejoicing. Allah forbid. Now, this is all the effects of that malice. But where the malice came from, this was the anger that didn't get vented. That anger, he sees somebody with some bounty, some ni'mat, which he doesn't seem to be able to have. So now that creates sometimes a kind of anger within him. He doesn't even realize. And Allah forbid, sometimes this becomes, na'uzu billah, anger against the decree of Allah Ta'ala. That is, to say it very mildly against the decree of Allah Ta'ala, otherwise the reality of it is, na'uzu billah, it's anger against Allah Ta'ala. But now how does this get vented? In jealousy. And these are actually the words, some people, mashallah, the consciousness comes, that this is a very dangerous thing that I am suffering from. So the person actually writes that I am afflicted by this malady. And I sometimes find myself, ma'uzubillah, angry at the decree of Allah Ta'ala. Can we imagine how deep this can become? This anger. The person is, ma'uzubillah, angry at the decree of Allah Ta'ala, but this now vents itself in the form of jealousy. So when this anger is not brought under control, all these maladies of the heart start setting in. And so many other things. So this is something to make an extra effort upon. And when a person is in the training phase, then he has to bend over backwards, so to say, to bring it into moderation. Because right now he's gone the other side. So in order to bring it into moderation, he has to turn it completely the other way. That unless something has crossed the line of deen, no matter what it takes upon himself to suppress that anger for his personal self, his own dislike, whatever, for a period of time he has to train himself to suppress everything. And when that has come to some kind of moderation, now he'll know where to correctly vent it, where to vent it, it's the correct place to vent it, in the correct proportion. Otherwise that too will become a problem. He'll just vent it anyhow. 
So this is something which as we mentioned right at the beginning, that like how breathing is an ongoing need, to keep ourselves conscious of this, of this harms of anger, to make that muraqaba, that on the day of Qiyamah, there are those people who are now being called up, who suppressed their anger in dunya. They could have vented it, but they suppressed it. They are being called up. This is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. That there is such a person who suppressed his anger where he could have vented it. He will be called on the day of Qiyamah and given the choice of the Hura'een. This line is there. But where am I? Am I going to join this line or not? Do I want to join that line? Then I have to make amal now. Allah Ta'ala will fill his heart with peace and iman. To make muraqaba of this. Do I want this peace? Do I want this iman? To ponder over all these great virtues that have been mentioned for suppressing this anger, this swallowing this gulp of anger. Allah Ta'ala becomes, becomes pleased with the person. He becomes a beloved of Allah Ta'ala. Ponder over it. Think about it. What a great benefit. So by repeatedly thinking about it daily and then when a person has stepped up to put pressure upon himself, perform four rakats, eight rakats, nafil, I was not supposed to have vented my anger here. So now this, something I slipped up with, I need to now put some kind of penalty on myself. Give some sadaqah. Now, once, twice, five times this will happen, this will develop the consciousness in a person's life. And the next time now that anger is being provoked, all these penalties that he put in upon himself will now make that, that reality come to mind again immediately that this is something I should refrain from. I should not vent my anger. But this will happen after he has now trained himself. And when he continues training himself, after a while this comes to that point what is known as hilm. Hilm is that that anger doesn't get stirred then. That anger just gets, it's left at its point where it's supposed to be. Besides what it should be stirred for, nothing else will stir it. He'll be able to carry on like nothing happened. He'll be able to smile at the one that's abusing him. Adi bin Hatim, one person was abusing him, calling him all kinds of hurtful things. So after a while he told the person, look, if you have anything else left to say, say it now. Because just now the other, some youngsters of the community are, are likely to come here just now. If they will hear you, they'll be very upset. So before they come, you rather say whatever else you want to say and we'll get done with it. So then you don't have a problem with them. He is giving him the opportunity that maybe you'll still feel sort of that you left something, you'll feel unsatisfied. you rather finish off that but save yourself also. He is making a way for him to offload whatever he wants to say but without getting any harm. Now who can let this happen? Otherwise, the slightest thing says, no, this is intolerable. I can't take this. This is too much for me. We haven't trained ourselves to be able to digest all this. All these small, small things. And as a result, this then becomes a major obstacle in all the main things of life. Those small, small little things become big problems. As a result, now a person's salah is affected. He's got no time for his tilawat because he's too busy now trying to sort this out and that out. He's got no time for his zikr. Everything else is now in a turmoil. Why? Because we didn't learn how to just restrain the little anger. On small, small things, trivial things. 
So this is the very, very fundamental lesson. And when this Allah forbid goes out of control, then that is when there's this infernos that get lit. Sometimes a person is uttering three talaks. Sometimes a person doesn't, doesn't matter to him who's in front of him, whether it's his parents, his ustad, or anybody can be whoever it may be. That anger then just makes a person, it's a bra- like a branch of insanity. So, this is something to learn. It is something to train oneself. It's something to read about the lives of those who had this quality of hilm, who had this tolerance in their lives. It is something to relate one's issues to whoever one's seniors are and take that elage and that treatment that how should I overcome this problem. This is what I am caught up in. This is the problem that I am stuck in. And how do I overcome this? How do I remedy this situation that this anger comes under control and it is not vented in any way and every way. And in this way, this will open out the path of progress in deen. If this is the first step of Islam, without this, that path is still closed. And this will come right, then the path of progress in deen will come right. May Allah wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq, that we acquire this control over this anger and over all the emotions, whatever things Allah ta'ala has placed in us naturally, that is kept within his limits and it is channeled in a way that does not ever take us again across the boundaries of deen. Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil